Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. up everybody this is lance nelson aka mafia montage find me on twitter at mafia montage here with my guest today the reekin izzy what's going on is how you doing today uh, not too bad you know doing all right i uh, had a good you know decent day work 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 got home and tried to relax a little bit for the show awesome so this is the buffalo blitz presented by underdog fantasy where you sign up with promo code blitz you will get a deposit match from ten dollars to a hundred dollars back for your deposit one of the main reasons to get in on this great deal is best ball mania 4. it's a uh, best ball tournament that they're running uh three million dollar prize here to the first place winner and uh 15 million total prizes so get in on the match i've got two entries in one i did a draft that was like you know 30 second timer and the other one i'm doing is a 10 hour timer so now the draft is taken like three weeks or something it's crazy so um every 10 hours somebody else gets to pick or if someone makes their pick then you get to go on so uh get in best ball mania 4 on underdog fantasy on the web or in their app and uh also take advantage of their pick them specials things like that uh on the nba uh playoffs they have a lot of different specials going on right now so take advantage of that you get things like james harden plus 0.5 you know to get more than 0.5 points so basically he scores you win that pick so get in there uh sign up promo code blitz and please like share and comment throughout the day throughout the show on facebook youtube uh can't comment on twitter but please retweet and like on twitter we would appreciate it and so izzy let's get going we got 88 players on the roster here they can go up to 90 getting into camp i'm i'm kind of like man let's shift some focus here i know we had some exciting events we had the schedule release now we know who we're playing and when um we know we got the jags in london all that exciting stuff i think we both had shows where we've broken down the schedule the opponents and all that stuff we've done it together in fact so um with that aside, kind of shift the focus to training camp and kind of see, you know, where some of these camp battles are going to go into. Um, but first, we have currently 88 players, and I wanted to see uh, your thoughts a little bit on do we add uh, a couple more and get up to that 90 limit there? Uh, definitely. I think we could, uh, but I'm not positive about it. You know, I'm not like so sold on it that it has to happen. But I do think that we 
very well could add that hat's throwing my colors off. Never mind. That uh <laughs> uh but yeah, I think that they really well could add two more players. Uh I don't see the significance in it unless it's somebody that they think could really rock the boat. Uh Brandon Bean was pretty adamant that we probably don't make it to ninety, but I think that it's very possible. Right on. Uh NYAP in the seven one six. So Let's go. appreciate T joining joining us here. We got Sauce God in here saying go Bills. What's up? All part of the BIB family. Appreciate you for joining. Again, get your comments in uh, throughout the show. Currently, 88 players. I would like to see at least one more signing. I think, you know, for me, the defensive end, you know, would be nice to have another veteran guy added to there. But, you know, I don't know that we'll add one that's going to necessarily participate in camp or if we'll add one, uh, you know, towards uh, the preseason games and things like that. So kind of see how that all pans out i think i agree with you though i think they, the odds are they will add at least one more if not get to the 90 um i would see you know where they would what position i guess do you see um them potentially adding another player at i i would say defensive end and uh, i yeah. think they need a veteran there and I'm, i think they're fairly set at all the other positions i know um they just looking at the roster they just have a ton of ton of guys at, at all the right positions so I could see a defensive end and offensive tackle. Those are the two spots that I can see them adding somebody. We don't have a whole lot of tackles. We have, you know, Dawkins and we have Spencer Brown and we have Tommy Doyle and Questenberry, but that's about it. I mean, you could consider Bates there, but, you know, he's going to be fighting for a starting job this year at guard. So I don't really count him as a, as a tackle. They could be looking at somebody to give Tommy Doyle and Questenberry some, uh, some competition. Uh, and then defensive end, you know, the big three are still out there. The Melvin Ingrams, the Justin Houston's, and the uh, Yannick and Gakways are still there. So, my man, um, we got Richard Goriage from Florida, mm -hmm. 6 five, three hundred and six pounds. He's an offensive tackle. Yep. Well, he's there, but he, I don't know. Well, he's, he, he's an undrafted rookie, so I don't know if they, you know, count him in the formula that makes it you know, an unsignable position. I think people were saying that Brooker could probably, Nick Brooker, the draft pick, could probably uh, play some some tackle. So I'm not sure if they'll look for him to fill uh, kind of a hole they have or not. He doesn't move laterally well enough for me to move him to tackle. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's more he's more of a, a road grader like Torrance, but less mobile than Torrance. Torrance is not so mobile. I don't see him at tackle very much either. Right. Or pulling much, but uh, I'd see him as a road grader and a good pass blocker. Same thing goes with Broker, just not on the level of Torrance coming out. We'll yeah. see what they do in the NFL, but I don't, I don't see either one of those guys as a tackle. Yeah, currently sitting at 16 offensive linemen, which is incredible um, to think about. But uh, I think that's going to be one of my favorite camp battles to kind of watch and things like that. So, uh, you know, I guess I just wanted to go over. Let's go over a little bit. Um, and, and and move on. Some of the depth on this roster that they've added this offseason has been nice. I think that, you know, getting some key free agents in here with yeah. some veterans. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about guys that we added in, in the veteran sense of like A.J. Klein. You know, is he really just coming in camp, kind of try to teach these guys to, um, you know, play the positions and then mm -hmm you know, see if he can make the roster or, I mean, do you think what's, what's the chances you get, you give a guy like AJ Klein kind of to make, make the team here. I actually had him not making the team in my way too early 53. Uh, Matt Milano, 
uh, Terrell Bernard, Doran Williams, Dodson, Specter, and Medikavich were my guys that made the team, the six uh, linebackers I kept. And then I put A.J. Klein on the practice squad. If somebody wants to pick him up, they can take him. Uh, but I see him more in the mentor role, and that's kind of what yeah. Brandon Bean alluded to. Uh, he could play if needed be. If one of those guys got hurt and they needed to elevate a linebacker, they could elevate him because uh, he's there. Thank God that they made the practice squad available for veterans. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of more sense, right? Yeah, and then you get you add six more slots per year. That's that that makes more sense. That way, you're not taking it from the young guys. You know, you could have a, t- a team that has out, you know, their ten young guys and then six vets or something like that. that that's nice. I like that. Um, but I think that he's going to end up on the practice squad, like Matt Barkley, just there, you know, to support Josh Allen. This guy, you know, he'll be there to support Dorian Williams and Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard and whoever else, you know, gets their shot to start at linebacker, which we already know Milano is. It's basically a, a three or four man competition for the middle linebacker spot. Yeah, right on. Uh, 12 Gage saying, what's up? How you doing, brother? Appreciate you joining hey, us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think A.J. Klein, uh, one guy that I haven't been necessarily a huge fan of over the years. Um, but, you know, looking back on it now, I think, you know, you really can appreciate the the steadiness and kind of the evenness he gives to the um, to the position when it's needed. And hopefully you always kind of go in. He's one of those guys you always hope like, man, I don't need him. But if I do, at least I know what I'm going to get from him kind of yeah. player. And it's nice to have. And that's what we're talking about getting at the end, right? We kind of want one of those guys where, man, I don't know if we necessarily need to add somebody that uh, is going to, you know, break the wheels off anything. But I think that, you know, with Von Miller being out, we definitely have a need there. So if we could add the the best talent we can there while, while he recovers, that'd be great. So yeah, I think – um, Situational role player is what it is. Yeah, like okay. if you go get a Justin Houston, he's, gonna, he's not going to be out there on running downs. He's going to be out there on pass downs. Okay, that's that's, that's his, his specialty. That's his motif. On rundowns, you can put Shaq Lawson out there. That's just the way it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, sticking to the free agent additions, we obviously we added Puna Ford. He's not necessarily a huge um, bottom of the re- roster depth guy. He's more of a uh, you know gonna push for some some real playing time kind of yep. guy. And I think that he'll he'll earn it. Um, uh, you, you have. Oliver and Jones, I think, really the starters there. But, you know, I'm not sure how much uh, Ford can push them and then how much we're going to see. One of my kind of nutty ideas that I don't know if it's really truthful or not is given that they don't have uh, Ed Oliver under contract after this year, I'm wondering if they're going to try anything at least early on in camp to see how successful he might be able to be on the edge um, with Ford and Jones up the middle. Um, that's just something that it kind of intrigues me. If you have, you know, run situations or something where you have Rousseau and Oliver on the edge with Ford and Jones up the middle. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts. Is that just like a crazy idea that's uh, never going to happen? Or is it something you see that could, could be like, Hey man, that, that seems like uh, maybe we'll, we'll get, uh, give it a try. I think that it could happen. I just don't think it would happen with the bills. I think that the Bills, you know, with him, he's definitely a, a three-tech, and he's going to be on the inside. You could put him on the outside on rundowns, but then that kind of eliminates the need for having a Shaq Lawson on the team. Uh, if he was on a team that was a 3-4 team, I think he would dominate on the outside as mm-hmm. a 3-4 edge like a, or a 3-4 end like a Bruce Smith, you know, kind of did back in the day. Not yeah. not as long as Bruce Smith. He's, he's heavier set than Bruce Smith was and much more – I guess I, w- I would say powerful. I'm not positive. If I'm right about that. 
Christmas is a powerful dude, but yeah, for sure. Just I think I think that he would be better suited on a team that has him as a three four and which the Bills have done a lot of, you know, picking up guys who would probably be fit better in a different defense like Tremaine Edmonds would probably be a better linebacker in a three four set than in our four three, but you know, he, he played well. And Ed Oliver has played well. He hasn't played up to that, you know, top ten mark. And if you ask me, Tremaine Edmonds never played up to that top, you know, fifteen, top sixteen mark. But you know, those guys they they played well and they they'll find their money somewhere else probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> then we, uh, you know, we could move it on. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of moving through the defense here as I see it, reading the, reading the roster, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Klein was claimed off waivers and we signed Shane Ray, um, kind of free agent acquisitions, uh, one claimed off waivers and one, uh, from the CFL signed as he came in for a tryout and, and ended up getting an invite to camp here. So, um, like pretty that. cool story for Shane Ray. Uh, Cameron Klein seems like he has been, you know, a practice squad type guy, uh, the, you know, his entire career, I think he has five games maybe under his belt, but uh, yeah, I definitely think that's, that's an area where um, maybe a, maybe a veteran could, could help for sure, depending on Von Miller's um, injury status, which we all don't know. I got into it with people on Twitter, you know, it's like, no, we don't know, but you know, my, my opinion is that Von Miller, uh, if he wants to, is going to play week one. I think that, it's not the same situation like we've talked many times before uh, as Tredavious White. He's he's much healthier mentally and, and he's chomping at the bit to get back. So it'll be interesting to see what he does for that, um, you know, m- trying to get back for that primetime game against the Jets on, on the Monday. And they gave the Bills the, that extra day, too. So it, it's pretty nice, uh, nice of the NFL to kind of give throw the dog, throw the Bills a bone a little bit, uh, you know, mm-hmm. For, for this uh, season, because I think it's been a little bit treacherous with some of the way the schedules played out for the Bills in past years. So, yeah, um, it'll be nice uh, getting getting Shane Ray and, and then seeing what Cameron Klein can do to push any of the other guys. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be healthy competition. Just want to yeah. scroll through here. David Edwards and Questenberry, um, yep. like we already talked, kind of were the free agent additions on the offensive line. Along with, uh, what's his name? Uh Connor McGovern as well. Yep. Yeah, McGovern obviously is going to pencil in right as a starter. And yep. then Questenberry and Edwards are obviously going to be reserve players. But it'll be interesting to see how they uh, progress through camp. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, keep keep developing some of these young guys. Greg Mance is in. He was a product from Ohio State that I kind of uh, am interested to see how he develops if it, you know, comes into anything. But uh, not likely. So yeah. then the, – the, Go ahead. I, I like some of those guys uh, for the practice squad as well. I had some of those guys like uh, Questenberry to the practice squad. I don't think he'll make the roster. Um, I think that they'll probably go with three tackles and Doyle will probably be number three uh, at guard. I see, I think I saw it being Torrance, Bates, uh, McGovern, and Edwards, and then Morse at, at center. Uh yeah, that was basically it. I didn't keep a whole lot of offensive linemen. I think it was eight or nine. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the area where you're going to need to try to, because of the versatility of people, you're going to have to try to, you know, leverage that with, uh, you know, less guys on the on the 53 so you can keep other positions uh, flush with talent, I would say. Absolutely. I think the most – there's the offense is obviously the more interesting uh, – 
because we've added so much for me. I think that um, the the Deontay Hardy and the Trent Sherfield free agent acquisitions are so interesting. Uh, that led to obviously the release of Isaiah McKenzie as well. So yeah. those transactions and kind of how that all went down, it's it's not something that maybe people know a little bit more what they're getting with Trent Sherfield. Yeah. Um, but Deontay Hardy, I think is like a, a complete X factor on, you know, I think getting eyes on him in camp and in the preseason is going to be really fun. I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is trying to see like how all these guys, um, that we brought in on offense, not only the two receivers, but now we also have added Naheem or, uh, Damien Harris, excuse me, and Latavius Murray to our running back room. So kind of seeing how those, yeah, seeing how those two fit in and and how they might incorporate those guys into what they want to do and, and what they want to do may change. I think that that's the, the other interesting part is um, going into this year. There's a lot of unknowns because Ken Dorsey has to have, has to change something you would think from last year. He must have learned something and has to evolve, um, you know, his schemes and things. So uh, before we move on, I just want to say if you haven't done so already, smash the like, uh, follow us on our YouTube channel and uh, retweet, share on Facebook and Twitter, please. Uh, We appreciate it. And then also, if you haven't done so, sign up with underdog fantasy using promo code blitz as well. So what are your thoughts on these, these kind of skill position weapons that we brought in on the free agent market? So what I like about all of them is that they all have inside outside flex. Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, you know, both play inside and outside. I've, I've gone over this before, but you know, Davis Diggs and Shakir, we all know can also play on the inside and outside. So all of our receivers basically except shorter are inside outsider, you know, flex uh, Diggs can run the slot. We've seen it. You know, Davis can run the slot. Shakir. Sherfield actually took Cedric Wilson's job in Miami. Cedric Wilson was signed to be their slot receiver. And Sherfield was there to matumble him. Like, no, no, no. And took the spot from him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he earned a job. And that's I think that's why the Bills valued him is that he, he didn't go out there and expect to, to you know, make the roster and, and get a job handed to him. He went and took somebody's job. And yeah, I think that yeah. that's what they're looking for in some of these guys who were, you know, fringe roster players, which he, we may be looking at him as such. But I think that he's going to make this team. I think that his special teams ability replaces Kumaro on that on that part of the free, uh, part, that part of the game, and then he can play receiver. He can actually go out there and play receiver. And so that that part of his game. What's up, Akeem? How you doing, baby? That part of a uh, Sherfield's game, the versatility, being able to block. He's a good blocker in line. Uh, mm-hmm. out there in a slot and on the outside. So if you want to run the ball and you want to run, you know, counters and outside runs, uh, you want to run, you know, tosses and sweeps, he's a good guy out there in a the slot, like like a Robert Woods to block yeah. for you out there. And, and I like that. I, I really do like that about him. Deontay Hardy is your gadget guy. He can also run some routes. He can get deep. He's fast, like really fast on the field. Uh, he ran like a four three six, I think it was, and he looks faster on the field than he did on the track. He's just stop and go. He reminds me of a Zay Flowers just before his time and smaller. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like to see these, um, you know, hopefully also helping Khalil Shakir develop 
at the same time they come in and pro provide just a few years experience not as much as uh some other guys have but um they're able to at least come in and say hey we've been here before uh and give any other tips i mean Diggs has probably got enough knowledge for Shakir, but at the same time it's always good to have different players with different skill sets come in and and kind of have that knowledge as well so i like that about our our wide receiver room going into camp i think that um a lot of guy there's a lot of guys there's a lot of practice squad guys you could see pretty clearly on the receiver side where they where they can trim a lot of the fat there but i'm excited to see how like i you know we haven't really had a you know a darling yet uh really announced it we're kind of still early on we haven't seen a lot a lot of stuff we had just the the rookie mini camp there with some of the tryout guys and we saw dalton kincaid catch a football in shorts and that was cool but you know we're kind of looking to looking forward to getting some of these guys in pads and trying to understand, you know, what um, some of these guys can do for, for the team. And then maybe uh, if called again, these are guys, if called upon in action, we want to be able to know what we're going to get from them, but not necessarily don't want to have, uh, you know, we don't want them to have to play, you know, necessarily either because we, we saw a lot about a lot of that uh, last year and, and it's just uh no good. So uh, just going in because we're on receivers and stuff, I, yeah. I want to look at kind of this, the late round picks, you know, Justin Shorter, the, the Alex Austin mm -hmm. picks, um, you know, it seems like Justin Shorter should have a pretty solid path to making the roster. Um, yeah. It seems like his physique alone will allow him to learn. I got to imagine special teams isn't necessarily the hardest thing to learn if you're it's more effort right so i think I'm sure that, he played it too in college i'm pretty sure he yeah. played special teams in college as well so i think you come in and you you know you have that experience under your belt you kind of um are a guy when you're a late round pick you kind of needing to work your tail off so to speak to to get anything in this league and i think you know justin shorter has got a an inside path let's say on a lot of these other guys to yeah um to to make the team for sure I know that, I had him as receiver uh, six. I had him. I did, yeah. I did have him making the team as receiver six. Yep, Tyrell Shavers. I heard some. I saw somebody in the uh, comments mention as well. Yep, so, um, you know, obviously great. You know, we have great depth. That's the thing. This team continuously year after year uh, under this regime kind of rolls in uh, a great deep roster. And then you know the the last pick was Alex Austin. You have Siran Neal and Cam Lewis sitting there. Um, on the fringe of the cornerback roster. And how many did you have the Bills taking uh, at corner? I had him keeping Trey, uh, Elam, Benford, uh, Taron Johnson, Alex Austin, Dane. and Saran Neal. Not teams. Dane Jackson. Okay. I had them putting Dane on the practice squad. I think that Alex Austin presents a lot of Dane Jackson's skill set. He's a better zone cover guy, which is what we run. And I think that mm -hmm. Alex Austin also, I know he's faster. Dane Jackson ran a 4.6.8, 4, 6, 3. And then Alex Austin ran a 4.5.5. 5. So he's faster. Uh, I think that he was, he's also more of a coverage guy and not as much of a tackler as Dane. Though Dane is more of a thumper when it comes to tackling. Alex Austin he can tackle. He's just not as good as as Dane. So you'd be sacrificing the tackle ability of Dane Jackson for the coverage ability of Alex Austin. And I think that 
that's a worthy trade right there because I think the Bills want to get after people more with the front seven and on rundowns, and I think that that's what their actions in the draft and in free agency are are for. You know, you bring back a Shaq Lawson, then you bring in a Puna Ford to help you know stuff the middle on rundowns. So I yeah, actually like that a lot. Lost straight over uh, Taylor Rapp on the free agents. Uh, Safety, uh, yeah. So sorry to him because he is actually a big, um, a big addition. I think there that gives yeah. you a guy who can really come in and, uh, you know, help this team again. Not only on the field should he we need to play him, but you know if we, you know, have he's something where he could slide down. I think in the nickel. Um, if he needs to, to mm-hmm. try to help um, there. Like but nickel, also, yeah. yeah. But I also think, you know, again, our guys, our top two, as good as they are, are starting to get banged up here. And, and you hope that it was just a one-year thing. You hope it wasn't uh, something that's going to linger. Maybe they can get back and play an, another season or two at full strength without mm-hmm. uh, without injury. But again, if if they aren't able to, I think – Taylor Rapp is a hell of an option and it's going to push to get some almost maybe some rotational time even uh, just yeah. to give the guys a breather if they need to be on a pitch count of any sort. Yeah, like Micah Hyde is probably going to need some time. And the good thing about Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier, which I've discussed all the time, you can switch those two guys, right? They both yeah. have a definitive role in the defense. But if you needed, Hyde could play the Poirier role and Poirier could play the Hyde role. And we saw that last year when DeMar Hamlin came in. He took mm-hmm. over the Poyer spot, playing in the box more, and Poyer played deep. So generally speaking, if that's how they're going to do things, Rap is more the Poyer type. So if something happened to Hyde, Hyde would go back there. And if something happened to Poyer, you know, vice versa. You'd have you'd have that guy still be able to play that definitive role and be mm-hmm. strong where they're at. So I, I really like Rap in that case. Plus, he's good in coverage. He makes some solid interceptions. He's got good body control. He's just not as fast. He's a safety in this defense. They don't need him to be that fast. Yeah, for sure. All right, Wayne's here. He wants to talk about the two tight end scheme thing, and I think I've said it on other shows too. But just for the sake of uh, you know the comment, I I love the comments. Keep them coming. And again, if you haven't done so, like and share on all platforms. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, like our Facebook page. Follow our Facebook page, um, and also follow us on Twitter at Built in Buffalo underscore. Um, Izzy and I are also on Twitter. Our handles at Mafia Montage for me and at TFP Rican for Izzy. Uh, give us a follow there. We'll follow you back and love to interact with you guys. So keep the comments flowing. Love it here. We got a couple more to get to. Um, two tight end scheme is so interesting to me because they they actually did try to do it. And I'm I'm harping on this a little bit because. I think there's a lot of naysayers out there that think that some of the things they've done in the past don't matter. Um, and, and I agree to us to a point, like I get like signing OJ Howard's not the end all be all of saying they want to run two tight end sets. I get that, but it's a little bit of a sign that they were trying to look at, see if they could make something happen. They ended up running out there with Reggie Gilliam. If you look at the tape from the Miami game in two tight end sets, a lot and now Dalton Kincaid's going to come in here and play that utility role and kind of be able to line off flexed off of uh Knox or opposite you know sort of in the slot or even uh kind of a flex uh 
trying to think what the hell's the like a wing back in high school football you know that the double wing sets yeah, they run in high school yeah so i think that uh you know those things those those positions are are pretty interesting uh for the bills they have quentin morris as well who made the team last year so you can't sleep on him don't know what he's going to progress um I'm not counting on him doing too much. And they also brought in Zach Davidson on tight end. So I think they're um, having the four tight ends. They're going to give us a look of something maybe in camp to, to see what, again, the offense needs to evolve in one way or another. Ken Dorsey has to learn. um... (laughs) Nice. Uh, Matt came in, started talking about two tight ends, and, and your dog shot up. Um, so I think that we uh, we will evolve our offense. I think that we want to we want to do some things differently, and I think running the two tight end sets is what we can definitely do to diversify the offense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think you know when it comes to two tight end sets, uh, Dorsey ran him in, in college. You know, he played in the University of Miami. They had, you know, heavy run game. Uh, Willis McGahee was there. And at tight end, they had Kellen Winslow Jr., Jeremy Shockey. So he can scheme some of that stuff up. I think that he tried to this year with Quentin Morris. And I remember that beautiful touchdown catch that Quentin Morris had over the defender in the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. He also had a fumble and a couple of drops. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little weary of Morris, but you bring in a Kincaid. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill who is a superstar type player that can, you know, go out there and be a real difference maker on this team. You can run them out wide. You can run them as a wing. You can run them, you know, two tight ends, the same side, put them on either side. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you're, if you're passing the ball, it gives you another way to diversify the offense and teams have to take it serious. With Quentin Morris out there, teams didn't have to take it serious. He burnt right, them yeah, once sure. in the season, but you know, now with a Kincaid, a guy who is, pretty fast for a tight end and has a beautiful wide and high catch radius. Like he can go up and get it. He can dive for it. He's, he's that kind of guy. Uh, He also can run through tackles and he's got good sizes, six foot four, two forty five. He's, he's a tank to bring down. He's like almost exactly dimensionally Josh's size. Yeah. So like that to me is a, is a beautiful thing. Plus he dropped, was it two passes last year? in college and then he has zero fumbles since starting playing football that's another thing right there like so that that kid right there is going to allow them to diversify this offense like a portfolio baby and you know what we should take that right to the bank and cash in for that super bowl you know i'm I'm just hoping that's what we get this year Uh, i'm not some robust guy but you know i think that doing something like that and giving one of the premier quarterbacks in the nfl another option to throw to is very important and i think that when you bring in a Dalton Kincaid, you're letting teams know, hey, we can beat you with our receivers and Josh and Davis and Diggs. Dawson Knox has been able to beat you, but now we have another tight end here who can take some of that weight off of Dawson Knox. And if this guy's running across the middle, you're going to want to get there before he gets the ball because if not, he's going to torment you down the field. And I'm happy with that. And then we were talking about Justin Shorter earlier too. 
this year, I don't see Justin Shorter seeing the field much. He may see it on special teams. Uh, you know, I think that's a very teachable thing for him. But you'll see yeah, him in the red sure. zone. You're going to see him in the red zone. I guarantee you see him in the red zone. Yeah, you saw Kumaro, right? So I think if you saw Kumaro out there, Shorter's got to be just as good or viable of an option to see field yep. time. And I think that that's going to be really exciting for him is to work your tail off, you know, and then when you get down in the red zone, this team's going to be in the red zone. So yeah. when you get down there, you know, give the shit a give the, give the kid a shot, you know, when you're when you're out there. So I think that that's perfectly uh, you know, right what you said. It, it's it's exciting to see you have these guys that are uh, having certain skill sets where we might have lacked last year right so having those skill sets added this year and we'll see you know kind of what they do with them so i really think that it's a great um a great addition with shorter you got josh another weapon in kincaid um this offense is definitely going to look differently with hardy and Sherfield um and all all these guys even the running backs uh you can run more two running back sets as well on either side or some like pistol formations, things like that. I'm excited to see. I think not sure that I'm on the Ken Dorsey make or break year, but I definitely think he is, his seat is pretty warm. I'm not sure if he's on the hot seat yet. I don't know if I want to say that, but I think it's, it's darn close to there. It's getting warm and, and he's got a, my biggest thing with Ken Dorsey is he can't just rely on Josh Allen being great. I think last year, Josh Allen had to be great every play or just about, I mean, there were some plays where you can just scheme them up and, and it's actually uh, guys on the outside. Maybe Diggs is great that play and beats his man. And there's certain things like that, but, but a lot of times it's like, okay, we're going to call these plays. And if Josh Allen doesn't do something extraordinary, they're not really going to work. And I think that that cannot happen. I think a lot of that was attributed to the terrible offensive line play from Roger Saffold. And then coming off the injury with Spencer Brown, you know, Josh, Josh had to make something impressive happen because he didn't have time. Like outside of Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris and Ryan Bates, uh, you know, who Morris and Bates were kind of average last year. Deion Dawkins was clearly our best offensive lineman and having two, you know, having a absolute scrub at left guard, which is Josh's blind side on the inside. So somebody big like a Chris Jones can just come right through. We, we can't have that. And then you have Spencer Brown's more understandable because he's on the outside, but it's not Josh's blind side. He can see that guy coming, stiff arm him, move out the way. Josh is very mobile. He can choose to run. I think with that, in that case, you know, Josh is, you know, going to be able to do more this year because he should have more time. Connor McGovern grades very well as a pass blocker. Uh, and then you have Torrance out there who can stifle people. And Brian Bates is a, is a good all-round run blocker and pass blocker. And then on the right side, hopefully coming off that surgery a year ago, now Spencer Brown should be able to take that step. Uh, We'll see. It looks like the Bills are banking on Spencer Brown, and that's fine. Um, But I think that a lot of things that that happened last year were not just on Dorsey and Josh. The the offense as a whole had to come together. You know, Gabe Davis, after that ankle injury, wasn't the same. He was dropping a lot of passes. And, you know, I don't know if I can really blame the ankle for that. You don't catch with your feet. So, you know, that's... That's one thing. Um, yeah. Also, McKenzie was dropping a lot of passes. So what do you do? You'll get two slot receivers in free agency who can go out there and catch the ball. And Deontay yeah. Hardy and, and Trent Sherfield. So you try to shore up the part the, the parts of the team that were problems. And they did that. So the way I'm looking at it, the Bills got better. People are like, well, did the Bills get better? Yes. Yes, they did, in my opinion. They quietly got better, but they got better. Yeah, Dave and Akeem, listen, they got better. 
Yeah, they got better quietly. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't make like the splash play where they go and get Oda Beckham Jr., which most of us wanted to happen, or, or they go and trade for, uh, you know, uh, right. dude in Arizona. Well, I think I'm thinking is Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah DeAndre right. Hopkins. You know, they didn't they didn't make that move, but they went and got a guy who can replace Isaiah McKenzie and not drop the ball. Yeah. You know, but they can't look. They can't make those moves just yet. They've got. They made the big move last year with Von Miller. They made the big move the other year with Stefan Diggs. So I think you're going to have to look at. They got the best cat pass catcher in the draft uh, yeah. at the position they can get him. Right. So boom, they got that. They brought in offensive line help. That was a problem. Right. Boom, got that. I know that Spencer. But you have to have at least. You're always going to have at least one or two positions on a team that aren't perfect. Okay. Spencer yeah. Brown is that. Dorian Williams is unproven, and our line and our our linebacker, aside from Matt Milano, is that other other hole. Like those are the uncertainties. They're not necessarily holes, I guess. I shouldn't say that because we don't know. There's unknowns. So it's it's yeah, it's question marks. And I think that they know. I always sound like a homer when I say these kind of things, but it's not necessarily trying to be a homer. It's more like, look, they're the professionals. They know these guys way better than any of us could. I, you know, we can watch all the film on them we want, but at the end of the day, you know, they're there in practice seeing the actual reps they're taking, the roles within the offense. I think that their yeah. skill sets that they've added here are just so complementary to what they were lacking last year. And this is where I wanted to highlight Roy's comment here with the red zone offense. Okay, shorter is huge. You got a guy now who could potentially body somebody up and uh, and get that. And so uh, you also have another guy coming in with Kincaid who can play the slot. So that'll open stuff up over the middle. Then outside of that, you got two running backs and Harris and Latavius Murray coming in yep. who can pound up the middle now. So now you've got all different ways to attack people near the goal line. This is the, this is the cool thing about um, watching Bean and McDermott work. And one of the reasons I kind of am high on, on those two, because they actually have a plan and they know there's going to be some sort of a weakness or a hole or a question mark in certain areas, but the scheme and the, hopefully the play calling this year, you know, you hope that can, can kind of cover, you have things that can, you're not going to have all five linemen on your team be all pro caliber. Um, yeah. You're lucky if you get one. Uh, we the best we have is is Dawkins and maybe Morse. But I mean, now people are talking about is Morse going to make the team with his concussion situation? I think he still does make it. I think yeah. he's the starting center this year. Hopefully he can. You know, hopefully his health doesn't prevent him from that. That's he still has uh, two more years on his, on his contract. He's still got two more years. Yeah. So I'm you know I'm hoping that he makes it those two years um, without any more health issues. Obviously one of the best guys. Uh, on the team and in the NFL, you you watch and see what he does off the field as well. Um, you know, just a really good guy. So, um, so going, do you have anything more to say about the the offense? Because we kind of touched about a couple things with the red zone offense getting better, um, two tight end sets. So, do you have anything more? Uh, Ken Dorsey make or break year? Any more to kind of wrap any of that up before we move on to our next yeah. topic? I don't I don't necessarily agree with it being a make or break year for Ken Dorsey. I think that he's he's going to be here into next year unless it's a catastrophic failure on the offense. Uh, I think that, you know, the offensive line, like I said, got better. You got better just replacing Roger Saffold. That's addition by subtraction. Yeah, uh, there's exactly. a comment up there that says Spencer Brown was handicapped playing next to Saffold, LOL. I'm guessing the LOL is him being sarcastic because Spencer Brown played next to Ryan Bates. 
Uh, Saffold yeah. played next to Dion uh, between Dion and, and Morse. So I think the blocking in the red zone is going to be better. Then you look at the receivers, right? Right. You, then you have Shorter, who can be a big target out there. Kincaid, a big target out there. Knox, a big target out there. You can put a whole big squad out there mm-hmm. to be receivers and blockers. You don't know what the heck we're doing in the red zone now. You have no idea whether we're running it, passing it, whatever. Then you have you bring in um, Harris from the Patriots, who is a hammer, but he's been injured. He's been injured. So what do you do? Yep. You get another hammer in Latavius Murray to be the next guy up in case something happens. So you don't have to sit there and scrounge around and teach some new guy midseason how your offense operates. You have two hammers. You have two speed guys and, and cooking. They, they really did, as I said, diversify the portfolio of this offense. And now all Dorsey has to do is scheme it up. There's no yeah, excuses. Exactly. There's no excuses. Scheme it up. All of our receivers can play inside and outside except shorter. We have two tight ends. They can play in line or they can play in the slot or even outside. I've seen Knox play on the, in the outside and, and uh, Kincaid. There mm-hmm. is no excuse. This is now going to come down to the creativity of the offensive coordinator. So it's a make or break year if this offense falls off a cliff. But if we see flashes of promise, I think that this team is is going to be very highly promising. I don't think yes. we keep all four running backs. I, I think that one's going to be on the practice squad or be one of those. I guess they could be, you know, one of those guys where I think they would be on the practice squad, though. And we'll see, like, how many times we need to call them up. And then if they, you know, end up using the call ups, then maybe we bring them on and we'll find a spot for them. But I, I think that's a good point. I think they they probably should or or they certainly could. It's not a no for me, but. I don't. I see three. Well, I guess they ran with four last year. So yeah, they they, no they most Jones. likely will. But it's just a matter of will they need that spot um, for whatever other special teams player they want to have. So will uh, another guy, a seventh receiver or something like that, uh, be better off? Or three tight ends in one game? You know, Knox, Kincaid, and Morris will they be active for some games? I think they're going to kind of mix it up. I don't think you're going to see them all every game, uh, game after game. So. Um, Kim's coming in. She's made some great comments. Kim, I, I love your commenting. Thank you. We're going to get to your defensive comments in just a minute, but I wanted to highlight our offense a little bit more. And uh, we've done a lot of adding to that. So it's going to be exciting moving into the training camp realm to see some of those guys get pads on and see what they can kind of do within our scheme and actually see a little bit more of how the scheme may be evolving um, with these guys in it even more so. So I think there's a, a double headed uh, sword in that one. So. Um, moving into the defense, though, I think um, Kim was asking about knowing the kind of defense McDermott ran in Carolina. It's very similar to what we've been running, um, but he, you know, the big thing is McDermott's coming in, calling the plays. So now, um, schematically, you may see some tweaks to it. I, I suggest you, I suppose you will, but I think the biggest thing you'll notice is that maybe the blitz rate goes up. Um, and when Von Miller was there, our blitz rate was very, very low, even though um, we weren't necessarily getting sacks at an astounding rate by my judge. Um, but but I think they they felt that they were generating enough pass rush with four defensive linemen and, you know, with Von Miller as one of those four that they didn't need to blitz as much. And as soon as he went out, you saw the blitz rate skyrocket to nearly 50 percent. And I think that's uh, something that maybe McDermott uh, could have 
you know, without us knowing had more hand in the play calling later in the season as that blitz rate went up. But he, McDermott's big thing that he's going to contribute to us is bringing that tenacity and the aggressiveness to the defense. It's not going to change too much. It's going to look kind of the same, but it's not going to necessarily um, the, the plays that are called out of that is going to is going to be a little bit more on the aggressive side. So I think uh, do you want to take any uh, chomping on this little uh, topic here? I absolutely do. Um, I think that defense is going to be very different than it has been with Leslie Frazier. While we did run the scheme that McDermott brought to brought here from Carolina, Leslie Frazier, generally speaking, runs a Tampa two type defense. That's what yep. his bread and butter was before he came to Buffalo. He ran Tampa two. Uh, McDermott runs a quarters, you know, cover three, cover six, cover four. Um, he also does run some cover two. You know, it's going to be sprinkled in there here and there, but mostly cover three and quarters. And that I think is going to be more prevalent this year in running the quarter scheme. I think it's going to help the, the, the defenders a little bit more because now yeah. they'll have less field to cover. They'll be assigned less field. So independently, they'll have a, a tighter area to, to have to cover. Uh, I think that the blitzing, as you said, will go up. I agree with that wholeheartedly in Carolina. He blitzed a ton with, uh, was it a, Keekly and yeah. uh, Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis, and yeah. I forget who they got. Shaq something. It was a Shaq. But, yeah, he he blitzed a ton there. He, he was just more aggressive. Um, and if you look at it, he ran mostly zone on the backside. Thus, Josh Norman having the crazy year he had when McDermott was mm-hmm. there, when they went to that Super Bowl. So I, I think that McDermott's defense should improve. Even though Tremaine Evans isn't going to be here, that middle linebacker spot might not be so much of a a coverage guy. It might be more of a blitzer going forward, which if you look at Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams, both of them in college were very good blitzers. And if you want to blitz Milano instead and put one of those guys in coverage, Milano, also an excellent blitzer. So I think that they they drafted you know, well enough to, to complement that defense the way it should be. Uh, do I think that the defense got better personnel-wise? No. I don't think they got better personnel-wise outside of Puna Ford. But I do think that schematically the changes should make up for that because scheme is a lot more than people think. And the decisions you make play-by-play are huge. Yeah, exactly. No, I think, I, you know, when I said scheme, I didn't mean necessarily the Tampa 2 versus the quarters. I meant more yeah. it's a 4-3 scheme. It's going to be – or a nickel yeah. scheme. Like you're going to see a lot of the same – uh, maybe personnel groupings, but you're going to see different play calls, such as, you know, more of the cover six, the quarters. I love the quarters defense for this group, too. Uh, you have Elam, who's just a long, lengthy guy, right? So he's got range to really yeah. cover that field. And that brings up, um, you know, Kim also asked Benford Elam both. Give me both. They're both going to share time on the field. Um, it's not that one. So I think, you know, Trey White is the ultimate X factor here. We, we saw him struggle a little bit last year. I think coming in, uh, giving us the full off season is going to be super uh, important to him. I think yeah. having these guys healthy is so understated uh, or maybe it's been overstated, but still underrated by people. People don't want to hear it. I guess I would say people don't want to hear that. Oh, you had injury. Well, we did. The bills had a historical numbers of injuries last year i mean it just in all the key positions except for quarterback knock on wood that doesn't have to happen to us either so like it's just a matter of you know i think um 
you, you got to look at that. That does matter. The, the injuries that these guys had, a lot of the stuff happening around the team, there's just a lot going on. And I think that this year coming in is going to be hopefully a renewed, renewed focus. And then also you hope that they can sustain success and still be able to go out there. I mean, they won 13 games. I know it was just the regular season and it ended up not meaning anything because they lost in the divisional round, but you know, they won 13 games for a reason. And as bad as these guys may have played to other people, I don't think they care what they're graded or what you rate them. It's all everyone. Again, McDermott preaches this and it's maybe a cop out to even say it, but it's like, literally you're doing a certain job, the one 11th of your, of your job. Right. So I think you, you really got to look at that. It's not, um, it's, it's not, Oh, injuries are the excuse. No, it's like legitimately, you know, we had top guys that play important roles that can't be, you know, the bills can afford to do certain things with their defense because they have guys in those positions. Um, and with those guys out of those positions, we saw that we were able to be exposed, and that's just natural. So, mm-hmm. there's a good comment here by Kim too. Uh, we went from a team that never had injuries to last year, where we had all the injuries. Yeah. Like we exactly, we, we when Trey White got injured and tore his ACL, and we went to the playoffs, he was the only guy missing. Other than that, exactly. we had nobody on the injury report. Nobody. We went to the playoffs totally healthy, which explains why we were able to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. Like, we we literally went out there and had probably the best football game I've ever watched. We came out of losing out of that game, which sucks, because I thought we had won it, uh, you know. Right Three different the, times. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> pre-event, pre-event yeah. happens, and, you know, you know, you deal with that. But, like, the injuries literally a huge factor last year. Ed Oliver had an ankle problem last year. Uh, yeah. Gabe Davis, his first year as a true number two, hurt his ankle. Still uh, almost had a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, uh, freaking uh, Greg Rousseau hurt himself last year. That's another. Injury. And this is what I I was thinking about him when I saw this comment here. Um, yeah. Get more nasty because Von Miller says, "Oh, I'm feeding this guy gunpowder and gasoline," and we saw a little bit of it, but we didn't necessarily see the full uh, you know, rate repertoire. So I think. So I think he's definitely made a, a jump, but I'm hoping he um, continues that improvement and continues that development. And this year we can see kind of the, what I'm longing for, I guess, as watching this team is for them to have one of those draft picks be a Von Miller, you know, or some or someone that's, you know, a, a game wrecker or a force. We were hoping at a, when they took out Oliver at nine overall, they were hoping he could turn into a game wrecker. Right. I mean, they were hoping he could come in and play that smaller three tech role and that he could start causing problems up the middle for people because they couldn't block his speed. And it just didn't really materialize into that. He's a heck of a player. He's a steady, steady Eddie, as that Oliver, uh, you know, kind of goes. But I think that you you kind of need one of these draft picks to step up and actually be more than just a, a depth and a role player. You need someone that can take over and kind of be a game changer or, or have, you know, have the other coordinators on the, on the opposing team have to worry about you in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about Ed Oliver being the steady Eddie, he is very disruptive when he's got somebody like Daquan Jones next to him. And when he's, mm-hmm. he's fully healthy, once, once he 
Once he came back from his injury, he wasn't the same until you know later on in the year. That's when he started coming on a little bit better. Uh, then Daquan started having injuries. Another guy, Daquan Jones, missed him dearly in the playoffs. Like we got Absolutely, carved up man. on the ground against the Absolutely. Bengals. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they they were like, oh, the the big fat guy in the middle takes up two blocks and has four sacks in the year. He's not there. We're just gonna run right at whoever's there. Oh, hey, Jordan Phillips, you can't stop the run to save your life. Couldn't stop a runny nose. Um, so you know you deal with that for what it is. Just, just so many injuries, and hopefully this year we are healthier. Uh, but also they made it a point to stack up at positions. So we have yeah. Terrell Bernard. Say he takes a starting job. Well, behind him we got Dorian Williams. We just drafted. Right. If Matt Lano yep. goes down. Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard. We have a guy who can come in there and play, who was drafted in the first two days. You look at safeties. One of our safeties goes down. Now you have Tyler Rapp, Taylor Rapp, who can come in. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, freaking uh, DeMar Hamlin's back. Uh, We don't know how soon he'll be back. But then you have Christian Benford, who the rumors are, he's cross-training at safety as well. And at corner, he's very good in zone. What do safeties usually do? They usually cover a zone either a deep center or, you know, too deep. So I think that the Bills went out there and decided to go and get depth. And that's the one with, like, Puna Ford. You know, if you lose Daquan Jones again, Puna Ford's there. You have another big, fat guy who can take up blocks and help Ed Oliver stuff the run. And that's really what Puna Ford's good at is stopping the run. So they, they went out there and they did their due diligence to go get guys to, to you know, plug holes, uh, the big one, like you said, though, middle linebacker, we, we don't know. We have no idea. And Brandon Bean was very candid about it. You know, he's got to be able to learn this defense. He's got to be able to tell people where they're supposed to be. He's got to be able to call audibles on the defense. He's got to be able to do all that stuff. And so that's not difficult. That's not easy to do. And we're not going to move Matt, the middle linebacker. He could do all that, but he's an all pro where he's at. You don't move an all pro. Yeah, no, you don't. I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. The last thing I wanted to touch on real quick is just some of the undrafted free agents we did um, pick up here. I'm really starting to like what I'm, you know, hearing, reading, looking at from DJ Dale, a product out of uh, Alabama. I think, you know, he absolutely tries to push some of these guys out of the way. Um, The Elianku, Brandon Bryant types that have been, you know, called upon in the uh, during the season as injuries might have piled up. And, and even so far as to say Phillips and Settle, um, you know, may get a run for the money, especially with the addition of Ford. You you have Oliver, Ford, and Jones locked in. Yeah. Phillips, Phillips and Settle are at Bubble their best. best pretty good, but are they, you know, can they be at their best? Are they physically sound enough to be at their best? Phillips is obviously huge um, injury concerns again coming into this year and, mm-hmm. and you hope he can, but, but, you know, a guy, you know, an undrafted free agent for me that I kind of like is, is a DJ Dale to try to push some of these guys. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Do you have any sort of undrafted free agent we signed that you thought, um, man, this, this guy has a chance to come in and, and maybe push for one of those either, maybe not on the 53, maybe the practice squad, but he's the next guy called up or he's one of the elevations um, from time to time uh, if there is an injury that pops up? Uh, so Tyrell Shavers is the guy who I look at as a guy who could be on the practice squad and called up. Uh, I like him for his size. He's six foot six, 210. Uh, so if something happens to our one of our other big guys, 
like Kincaid or something like that, he gets hurt, God forbid, or um, shorter. You have another big guy out there that you can bring up for a couple of games if you need a big man, and he's there. Uh, I like him as as a as a undrafted guy. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see all the linebackers. I know we brought in uh, Traven Howard just recently as well um, to give just depth to the linebacker position. Uh, again, these are these are things at uh, training camp that are going to heat up uh, much, much uh, bigger than they are now. But I wanted to kind of just take a step back, evaluate, you know, the 88 guys we do have coming into camp. And, and we'll see if we add any more going into camp. Izzy thinks there's a strong possibility. I think we could, but I'm not sure um, outside of a veteran defensive end if we will do too much more. And, um, you know, so I, I, you know, I guess just wrapping up that point, you know, thanks for uh, coming on and joining me here on the Buffalo Blitz. Uh, my first time hosting this by myself uh, without Peter and having you on was a great pleasure, sir. So before we get out of here, um, I just want to, you know, thank you for that. And thanks for your time. So let uh, everyone know where they can find you before we get out of here. All right, everybody, you can find me 7 p.m. Sundays, resident report during the regular season. It'll be the post game show. And uh, yeah, that's it. You know, you can find me on Twitter at TFP Recon. Uh, you know, Facebook, I'm, I'm usually on the built-in Buffalo page, so you guys can post something in there and tag me as Monero. That's me. And uh, if you see me in there posting, that's, you know, I'm, a, I'm an admin there, and I usually try and take care of a lot of that stuff over there. So get on, on Facebook, built-in Buffalo. I'm in there. Twitter at TFP Recon on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, broadcasting 7 p.m. every Sunday, 7 p.m. Yeah, I like it. Um... I think that um, we're going to have a, a great training camp and a great and a lot of competition. So that'll do it for the Buffalo Blitz. I am Lance Nelson. You can find me at Mafia Montage on Twitter and Lance Nelson on Facebook. Um, please visit our Facebook page. Check out the uh, check out the merch. There's an example of one of the merch uh, from our merch shop. Win the whole damn thing. Love it. Um, you can get hats from our hat shop. So go out there, check out our Facebook page in our bio. We got links to all this, uh, the merch and things. We really appreciate it. Share and um, support us. So thanks again for everyone out in Bill's Mafia joining us. If you're uh, listening back, we appreciate you listening to the podcast version of this, which will be available tomorrow morning. Um, so go Bills. And thanks a lot, folks. We certainly do appreciate all of your time each and every one of you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.